it's better than CD because it's nicer, it's cooler, it plays better, and downloads suck. It's the best music format you're ever going to listen to. We really enjoy it. We enjoy it more, I think, than we expected that we would. Um, so it's been it's been really nice. It's something tangible, you know, that you can hand over and that you've put time, money, and effort into. You know, uh, you know, it's a gift. Everybody knows, oh, this guy's coming in, he knows his, uh, his obscure lo-fi American, or this guy's coming in and he loves his uh, blue note, you know, and they'll have a chat, they'll have a conversation about it, they might not agree with everything, but that's half the, half the fun of it as well, you know. Everything we think of in terms of vinyl. Uh, laugh with that music, I mean, you might just have to just jump over a building, I mean, well, what's the use of living? <laughs> also because I think you are careful in your choice of what you put on, because you realise that it's going to set the tone, and you can't you can just change it, but you you know it's a lot of work, so you will be more thoughtful and more mindful about what you put on. My name is Rob O'Connor, and I'm lucky enough to have a few jobs. One of them is hosting an Irish music show on Beat 102 and 03. That's Irish Beats 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. But my main 9 to 5 is working as a lecturer specialising in computer science and media at Waterford Institute of Technology. Some students and I were in a lab in October of 2019, chatting as we were setting up some recording kit for an exercise. And one of the lads, Jean-Luc Zuccarelli, mentioned that he was thinking of buying a record player. Yes, one of those things that plays music from vinyl discs. I asked him why. Uh, something that uh, a record, like the scratches and the noise that it, it brings through, it just adds enjoyment to the experience. It's kind of like uh, like film versus a digital camera, that kind of. But well, okay, but what's the quality of that? that I think you. I think there's also joy in. Um, I, I loved collecting CDs when I was younger, also. So it's having the CD in your hands, be able to go through the. The album art that I, I always enjoyed that that physical experience which you don't really get with digital media I was immediately drawn into the conversation with John Luca because I'd recently started collecting vinyl music myself for my 40th birthday the year before my wife had bought me a new record player amp and speaker setup or to be more truthful she told me to go off and buy it for myself which I gladly did it was the best personal purchase I've made in quite a long time. I love browsing through my vinyl collection, leafing my fingers across the record sleeves, orderly arranged in some repurposed IKEA furniture. Choosing an album, carefully removing it from its sleeve, placing it on the record deck and turning up the volume. I could identify with John Lucas' comments. It's not surprising you felt this way. As I was to find out, Many of Jean-Luc's family are music fans, his dad Luigi in particular. Uh, laugh with that music, I mean, you might just, have to just jump off a building, I mean, well, what's the use of living? <laughs> what is it about a music medium that's well over a hundred years old which evokes such romantic feelings? When you have a world of music conveniently available at your fingertips from streaming services such as Spotify, why would you bother with vinyl? Colm Dunphy is a technology lecturer in WIT, who was also a DJ in a former life. In the tests I've been involved in, we can't hear the difference between Spotify, a 256 high quality stream, um, and anything else, any other format. 
even so even though it's compressed it's so good it's undistinguishable I find um, to a CD which is supposed to be excellent um, vinyl is supposed to be um, a format that's not as good the sound um, but it's got an analogue warmth that digital doesn't have and that's the only way I can kind of communicate it uh, I guess at the same time it could almost come across as more mechanical um, if, if something's too perfect it doesn't sound uh, maybe to some uh, to some extent as, as good so I think it's the imperfection that's that brings the characters. We're coming up against the famous analogue versus digital argument. Do they really sound so different? Why is it so difficult for people to quantify? Dimitra Zuccarelli is a tech professional who works for a large multinational based in Ireland. She's also Jean-Luc's sister. It's interesting because for most of the 2000s, people were so focused on improving sound quality and how... With digital mediums, we could we could reach a, a level of quality that we could never have reached before that. But then, I don't know, there's something missing. It's like if you take a, a digital photo versus a film photo. There's some sort of quality in a film photo. I mean, you could have really good lenses, but just the quality that comes out of a film photo, it just, it, it's, mm-hmm. there's something to it that you can't, that you can't get from a perfect digital mm-hmm. image. In case you haven't realised it yet, this story is a bit of a family affair. Most of the Zuccarellis now live in Ireland, but it's not exactly a common name in these parts, says your man whose surname is O'Connor. During World War II, Jean-Luc's Italian grandfather was captured as a POW in South Africa. After the war, he decided to stay and eventually started a family, which is when Jean-Luc's dad Luigi entered the picture. Jean-Luca also grew up in South Africa, alongside his two brothers and three sisters. Obviously, it was a busy house, but there was always space for music. The family moved to Italy for a while, but then Luigi's work took them to Ireland, and they've been here since. You could say that Luigi was a bit of a visionary back in the day, spreading peace and love in Johannesburg during the apartheid era of the 1970s. We set up a, a a mobile disco in those days. Um, we called it Tranquil Spirit. So we used to play at gigs like universities and schools, um, 21sts, and we did one or two weddings, but they turned out to be a bit of a disaster because we um, we drank too much. <laughs> we were playing we were playing stuff like uh, Radar Love um, by um, Golden Earring. Uh, you ask guys today, have you heard of a band called Golden Earring? You, you speak to them about Grand Funk Railroad or um, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin. We were we were dancing to Led Zeppelin's, um, uh, what was it, The Song Remains the Same. Type of, just, this is just another era. We had garage garage parties where you actually take, drive your cars out and... and um, put lights into the garage and fire up this massive sound system and you make noise for the whole neighbourhood and everyone had to join in. (laughs) When the family moved from South Africa, Luigi lost his record collection and hasn't replaced it. But following in his father's footsteps as a young man, Gianluca wanted a record player of his own and we thought we'd document the journey as a college project. There were three of us involved, Gianluca, myself 
and another student, Andrew Brennan, whose voice you won't hear, but who performed a lot of the research, sound and editing duties. We wanted to answer some questions. What's so appealing about vinyl? Who's listening to the format? Does it really sound better than music streaming services like Spotify? What gear should John Luca buy? Or should he even make a purchase at all? You do know that getting into record players is an expensive business. <laughs> Are you willing to accept that? Yeah, I'm willing to accept that. Yeah. As a poor student. <laughs> As a uh, oh, it's not much longer. It's two more years. <laughs> two more years. <laughs> two more long years. <laughs> Put the needle on the record when the drum beats go like this. It's fairly well established that the vinyl music format is making a bit of a comeback. 2020 saw sales grow for the fifth year in a row, with the highest level of vinyl purchases made since the early 1990s. One of the contributing factors has been Record Store Day, an event that was originally set up to promote independent music shops, but has now become an international mini-festival that draws music fans into their local stores for special pressings, live performances and a chance to hang out with like-minded individuals. In 2019, I spent Record Store Day at Rotorcoaster Records in Kilkenny, chatting with the punters about why they like vinyl. It's better than CD because it's nicer, it's cooler, it plays better and downloads suck. It's the best music format you're ever going to listen to. Um, it's just complete, it's way more clear than any other, any other format. Slowly. And it has a bit of um, you know, nostalgia to it. You have a, something to look at, you actually have to listen to the whole thing. You can't, you're not just playing a song, you listen to an album listen to the full album you know Do you know it's real um it's i suppose it's the ba- it's the basis where everything you know starts and you know so it's it's nice to be able to still get to enjoy music the way it originally was before we brought out all the rubbish now beside us on cds <laughs> it's just the greatest music format it's the way music should be listened to uh vinyl is everything really is absolutely brilliant um like you can do so much with it if it's so little, you know, it's just the simplicity of it all as well just goes great, so it's uh, finally a big part of everything. It's very heavy, I get quite sick of lugging records around from session to session, but it's generally worth it for the sound quality. Shortly after starting Jean-Luc's project in October of 2019, we paid another visit to Rollercoaster Records in Kilkenny to speak with David Holland, the manager of the store. We asked him what the mix of format sales in the shop had been, a few years previously it would have probably been 80 percent uh, cds um and then maybe 12 percent vinyl eight percent dvds or 10 and 10 vinyl dvds and what's the mix now in terms of sales 62 percent vinyl so it's a massive uh, massive difference now cds you probably do about uh 34 33 percent and then dvds have shot right down because of streaming and everything else you know uh, the vinyl is the, is the main thing now that keeps the doors open. Okay, and what do you think it is about vinyl that has recaptured the imagination of the buying public? Um, I think in a lot of ways uh, the, the actual music became almost uh, valueless because of piracy uh, for the 10 years, say, from 2000 to 2010. And uh, once the piracy was cracked down on uh, and people st- record store day obviously at the start definitely helped uh, d- help people realize that vinyl was still actually a viable thing uh, the fact that uh, cheaper vinyl players came into it again and the fact that uh, like 
a million men had midlife crises uh, and decided to replace their CD uh, collections with vinyl. The sound of it, it is remarkably warmer, remarkably different, if you're playing on a good good system as well. And I think that all kind of bleeds into it. There's also a heavy media narrative of saving the music industry, which is a load of shit, to be honest. But um, at the end of the day, I, I think the fact that you see, you feel like you're getting a, a proper tactile piece of you know, product, uh, rather than just this little plastic, you know, case with a plastic shiny disc. Around the same time, we also spoke with Dean Walsh of Golden Discs in Waterford City. I, I suppose when we started here, the focus, our bread and butter really was CD. Um, we were never really too optimistic about anything, I suppose. We kind of had what we had and that was what worked for us. But um, I suppose after starting... Um, about a year in here, um, it was about four years ago, we started trying to supply the vinyl. What started as a very small part of our store, every six months to a year, it kept growing and growing to the point now where it, nearly half of our store is chopped over to vinyl now. Um, I don't think anyone really seen the resurgence going the way it did, um, but it's been a massive contribution for us now. And um, between young people starting out buying vinyl players, getting hooked to some new band they're growing up with or to old people who are just buying a player to finish up their old collections so there's something new to play it on it just it kind of seems to suit everyone Colm Dunphy of WAT recounted some of his memories I used to collect music right and most of my week my lunch times was centred around getting to various record shops to be able to look and find go crate digging for vinyl right there's absolutely no benefit in the digital world to doing that but there is something special about being able to take out a tangible piece of vinyl and play it. It can't just be our lads like me having midlife crises driving new vinyl sales, can it? Um, I would say it's probably about 60%, 35 to 55-year-old males. You do have a kind of younger, uh, kind of teenager, like maybe 16 to 22 kind of uh, demographic as well. Um, are they buying vinyl? Uh, some of them are, yeah. Yeah, they kind of... They, they don't know about piracy, you know, so, and they don't know what CDs are because everything is either on their phone or you can't even get CD players much anymore. So uh, the vinyl is more appealing to them and you know, it's better, it looks better, your artwork, and if you're in a band, you want to release it on vinyl. So they kind of have this thing feeding in again, which is nice, you know. Again, it's not going to save the music industry. Like, music industry posts up about uh, record revenue and 86.1% is streaming. So... Like, if you take 60%, Vine's going to outstrip CDs for the first time since 96 or something, but that's only 13.1, uh, 13.9% of the whole revenue. We asked Dave what the gender split was like among younger customers. The younger demographic are actually running about 50-50 girls and guys, which is great, and it's girls coming in and ordering their vinyl, and, you know, they're, they're ordering their Velvet Undergrounds and their Nick Drakes, and they're, you know, like, they... It's definitely running 50-50, I think, uh, with the younger generation, not with the the older demographic. Dean Walsh in Waterford. Everyone has a different opinion on this. Um, I'd say two-thirds um, I'd say two-thirds male to one-third female. Not to be presumptuous, or maybe mm. a little bit over half anyway to male. I do find it is slightly more leaning towards male. That's just my observation now. Everyone is different. Um, not that women don't buy it. They do, actually. I know some pretty hardcore collectors myself. But, um, yeah, I, I do find it slightly more in the male variety for it. Two of Jean-Luc's sisters, Alessia and Dimitra, are big music fans, with Alessia in particular having built up a vinyl collection with her husband, Marco. We really enjoy it. We enjoy it more, I think, than we expected that we would. Um, so it's been, it's been really nice. Did they think it was a hobby dominated by men? Were women also interested in records? 
you'll hear Alessia's voice first and Demetra's second. Yeah, I think it's definitely mixed. I know um, loads of people that I follow, for example, on Instagram, um, which would be like mid-level influencers. So not we're not talking like millions, mm. but like mid-level. Um, the girls, they all have record players. And um, one even has like a holographic, like a shiny silver oh. and pink one. It's really cool. So um, I'd say that it's in amongst like younger people I would say it's definitely mixed it's not it, it wouldn't def, I wouldn't say that it is swayed like heavily towards middle-aged men obviously I don't know that much about the industry but the people that we know that listen to vinyls it will be generally both okay um no I kind of agree with Alessia on this one I the people who I've seen like people who I know that own uh, vinyl records and all of that like my age generation whatever my, whatever my generation is uh, they all tend to own vinyls pretty much 50-50. And um, yeah, uh, one of my friends who's really into it has loads of colourful... He, he orders them to the office. And uh, we. I also love watching him unbox them because I didn't know that records these days came in such like wonderful variety of colour. And it's so cool. Like they have glitter or they'll be see-through or, you know, they'll be pink and stuff like that. And I think that's really cool. That also adds to the appeal of it. Yeah, I was actually going to say a lot of people will make their record player like match the aesthetic of their house. So like I mentioned that one that was like all holographic. Another one is like just wood and very minimalist. So a lot of people will like match it to the kind of look that they're going for in their living room. And I'd say, I mean, I I don't, I mean, I don't know. So it's part of the decor. Yeah, as well. But like also then most people use it. So it's not as much like, it's not just decor, it's both. And then they'll use it like, especially for dinner parties and things like that. Mm. Um, But I would say that, Maybe it's not people who are like really, you know, not like DJs or musicians or things like that. It would be more people who, like us who just enjoy listening to music, listening to music. Something that, because you said it's better than expected. Is there something magical about it? It's really hard to kind of put into words exactly what it is. But I think maybe like for me, it's the tangible experience of like putting it on and then having like 30, usually 30 minutes per side. So you kind of like, I don't know, you kind of notice you're also more aware of time because then... It, like if you're eating and the disc stops, you realize, oh, it's been 30 minutes. Um, I, I, it's hard, really hard to put into words, but it's, yeah, it's, a, it's like, I think what she said, like it's a bit of like a magical experience as opposed to just like, or attack, like Bluetoothing it to the, to the speaker and like listening to whatever songs are of the moment. Um, also because I think you are careful in your choice of what you put on because you realize that it's going to set the tone and you can't, you can just change it, but you, you know, it's a lot of work, so you will be more thoughtful and more mindful about what you put on. Um, and that's been really nice as well. I found Alessia's point about thoughtful music choices very appealing. Demetra expanded further about why she and her friends enjoy the format. I think it's cool. I think it's, um, I, in general, especially amongst millennials, there's a massive return to analogue mediums. And I like that. Like, I, I, I think there's something way more special special about listening to it on a, a song on vinyl because it has that that analog quality that digital doesn't have but there's also cons like the fact that I can pick up my phone and play whatever I'm feeling like at, uh, you know on the go or in the moment it, it makes a big difference so uh, yeah pros cool. and cons I think it's a cool cool way to listen to music it's because I think you can get so caught up in technology and like the latest and greatest things that you actually start missing out on other things like um 
sitting and reading before bedtime like that's something it sounds so like simple but we found that we were just sitting on our phone scrolling and you you are just mindlessly consuming mm. so much content and I think it's the same with music like you aren't mindlessly consuming the music you're actually taking the time to buy the record and then to put it on and to sit and listen to a single artist for a solid 30 or, or uh, 30 minutes or an hour um, and there's there's something like really nice about that and I, I just feel like a lot of people in our generation are getting especially people who work with technology surprisingly are getting kind of fed up with having just constant uh, images and adverts and you know just content and content and content so it helps to like slow down a bit as well like many people I spend most of my working day at a computer and I can sympathize with Alessia's remarks sometimes I just need to step away from the screen. Alessia has a young son who also enjoys vinyl records, but for a different reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he loves them and cheering on them as well. <laughs> Te- teething toys, don't tell Marco. <laughs> Luigi had similar thoughts on the importance of switching off from technology. And I think it's it's got to do with that the the millennials, well, the up and coming. I don't know what's the new the new the the newer generation, whatever it is, X Y Zs or whatever it is. They they fed up with the 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 push of everything about social media on them. Uh, you know, you can't move left or right if you haven't got Instagram. F- Facebook's dead, basically for them. Um, it's Snapchat and I don't know what other TikTok or whatever it is and they're saying well to hell with digital I want an analog watch I want an analog music system um, I'm tired of this digital world around me and I actually I empathize with that and I, I, that's me I ask, ask the kids I, I, I hate my phone I don't ever use it I don't have any social media presence apart from LinkedIn but that's because I have to because of business but I still read emails <laughs> and actually I hate it but it's because it's still on a computer but that's that's the nature of the thing you know It's not that Luigi is a Luddite far from it like many of his kids his career is in technology He's a systems architect who's worked with many companies over the years, designing things like financial software and publishing systems. However, outside of work, I think he only likes technology on his own terms. He became quite animated when talking about amplifiers, speakers and record players. Where the technology is good is that um, your equalisation, getting so all the discrepancies that you have in on your vinyl, you can actually equalize that out and get as flat response as possible. Not too much bass, not too much treble. Um, and I, look, you can do it with digital signal processing on on CDs and things like that. But there's just, I think it's that, it's that that analog, that all round quality. Um, it's the nuances. It's the crackling. Uh, when, like I said, when you put the record on, you. Hear it. And, uh, and then you you might even hear a crack, one or two cracks in the soundtrack itself. And that's that's just part of the, the whole experience, you know. Sound quality isn't the only attraction for many vinyl heads. For some, the social engagement of physical records is hugely important. 
Dave Holland. Oh yeah, absolutely. You could have five or six people at the counter all kind of just talking away and leaving us off to do our work. You know, they're having the conversations about like what this guy bought, that guy bought, like or you should check this out. And it's great. It is. It's very much a kind of a uh, again, community-based uh, kind of thing, and everybody, you know, everybody knows. Oh, this guy's coming in. He knows his, uh, his obscure lo-fi American, or this guy's coming in and he loves his uh, blue note. You know, and they'll have a chat. They'll have a conversation about. It. They might not agree with everything, but that's half the half the fun of it as well. You know, for a medium that carries sound, the visual properties hold huge value. Dean Walsh. I, I've met so many different collectors. Some people want this because of the difference in quality of sound. Other people just really love an inflated artwork and that's worth the 20, 25, 30 euro for them. I know some guys who just hang frames, they never even open it. They just want it on their wall. I mean, everyone's different with it, I suppose. But yeah, absolutely, artwork would have a massive thing to do with it as well. Uh, the, the, the things that make you laugh, like lying down on the floor on a Saturday morning, reading through your vinyl, like some kind of kid, like, you know, that's sick on a day off. I like, Reading the art, uh, who was playing guitar on that song. I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm like... I shouldn't say I'm like a pig and shit now when I'm doing it, you know. I really am now. I'd be on the ground just like going for it, you know, Saturday mornings. The visual aspect is worth exploring. It's something I've heard a number of times from musicians down throughout the years. The large physical size of record sleeves allows expression with artwork that can't be easily recreated on a smartphone screen. Wallace Bird is an Irish singer-songwriter whose latest album, Woman, was released in September of 2019. That's an artwork by a Spanish artist called Maria Torres, and she's a good friend of mine. She's a really psychedelic artist. Mm. Um, She uses very strong themes in her record about uh, the reproductive system, uh, the body, uh, uh, liberal body uh, progression Mm. and... Um, yeah, so she she's just one. I have her art all over my house. Like, so we spent three months making the cover of this uh, record. Mm. We just we would have very very long phone calls. I went we went on holiday together, and there's so much symbolism. There's um, there's feminine symbolism. There is um, again bodily symbolism, uh, sexual symbolism, um, safety symbolism. There's past, present, future, and there are three fates who are swimming towards towards land and that represents humans and Mm. movement of humans and um, there's every she's really hard on symbolism so everything that you look at she's spent some time and it means something to her Soda Blonde are a four piece group based out of Dublin band members Theo Rourke and Adam O'Regan echoed Wallace Bird's comments about artwork everything we think of in terms of vinyl like when we're picking an image Really? Like, well, yeah, we're yeah. always saying like that would look so good in a vinyl. Yeah. That's gonna look great blown up. That's that's what's it's on your funny, mind. You never, because like with all of our artwork so far, we've kind of really spent. You know, we've taken the photographs and we've we've done these sort of elaborate photo shoots and and been really meticulous about the details and the colors and the lettering and all these sort of things. And and you kind of you are you, as face says you're thinking about like how it's gonna look on a, on a record sleeve on a twelve inch or on a seven inch. And then, you know, they go and they upload it or whatever, and you go, oh, you know, I'm just looking at it on a tiny <laughs> thumbnail here on my phone, and, and it's, you know, it's it sucks, you know, so. Yeah, you can't see the detail at all. Yeah, you know, but, I mean, still, we're, you know, we've never changed, you know, we, that's that's what we want to do. We'll always put that effort into everything we do, but it's, it's just not the same, that little thumbnail, you know, <laughs> it's not the same. 
From those voices, you get a sense of the thought and care that's put into album covers. The vinyl format allows space for the artwork to be displayed. But is the resurgence of vinyl a good thing for artists? It's expensive to manufacture and requires a lot more production effort than uploading tracks to streaming services. Max von Mensenkampf is a producer, DJ and the creative director at Laud.com, a studio and online publication for discovering music, trends and culture. The fact that you can sell a record for £10-£12 and someone is willing to, to part with that amount of money to have your music means that it's more valuable as a, a piece of art or like an actual physical product. And it's just, I don't know, I think people connect more with having that. And it's a good thing that there's more records being sold because more music that you may not have traditionally bought on record, you're going to start buying. So like for me, maybe more kind of like modern bands or like modern artists that have only come out in the last kind of three or four years and are doing different kind of not non-electronic genres, let's say, uh, mm-hmm. you'd be able to buy like a vinyl copy of their album or their EP or stuff like that very easily. So it makes it, yeah, it, it definitely like you can build your collection more at the moment now that more things are on record. David Geraghty is a member of Bell X One, one of Ireland's most successful independent bands. He's also a composer for film, TV and animation, as well as a prolific solo artist, having released two albums under his own name and two under the name Join Me in the Pines. I asked what vinyl meant to him as a musician and a music fan. I, uh, it's funny, I, was, I, was, I can't remember the guy's name now, so it's, but I was watching a TED Talk from Limerick University recently and uh, the chap whose name... Uh, shameful, I can't remember. He was t- he 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 compared the likes of, you know, listening to Spotify, consuming. Oh, that's Mark Graham from King Kong Company. Is it? Yeah, yeah, Mark Graham. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, Mark. Yeah. Sorry, brother. And when I think of the industrialization of food production, what I think of is cheese in an aerosol can. And when you look at the industrialization of music, what happens time and time again throughout the history of the industrialization of music, is convenience wins out over quality. When it comes to cheese in an aerosol can, is that made because sprayable cheese is of a better quality or is superior to an artisan cheese? No. It's convenient and it's profitable. Convenience wins out over quality. If music is important to us, and all the indications and all the indicators that we have suggest that it is. Should we look more towards quality than we should to convenience? It's worth the effort. Mm. Sounds better, feels better. You know, you get like this, you know, 12 by 12 inch artwork um, on the album, not the cheese. And, uh, you know, it feels like an occasion to kind of go and, you know, we all know what vinyl feels like to go and put an album on. It's, it's It takes... It takes an effort, but it's something that you engage in, you know, it's something you, you, you do pur- with, with a purpose. And I feel like I'm trying to carry forward and, and preserve something that I really believe in, which is final, you know, as a, as a, as a medium, mm. for all the reasons I just said. Um, yeah, so I, I, as, a, as a music maker, I, I, I think it's, it's lovely to have something that you can... 
it's something tangible, you know, that you can hand over and that mm. you've put time, money and effort into, you know. Uh, you know, it's a gift. If you're going to go ahead and get into vinyl, what do you need? Jean-Luc sought advice from some of the people we met along the way. Colm Dunphy. So you need an amp, you need speakers and you need a record player. That's that's all you need. Um, uh, what would I do? What used I do? Richer Sounds, I think, is still going. That's probably the place to go if you're looking for, for that at this stage uh, on a budget. I, d- I don't know what your budget is. <laughs> but uh, that, that's where I go to and, and take their advice. Dave Holland had similar thoughts. Uh, how much money is in your bank balance first? <laughs> and then after that... Um, I have a nice valve amp and a and a direct drive turntable, something built like a tank that'll last you twenty years. Um, richer sounds, they're the ones to go to. Max von Mensenkampf had some simple advice. If you're just going to be playing at home, then there's loads of turntables that you can get. Just pick up something and get some nice speakers. And Dean Walsh. If you were on about buying one, maybe talk to whoever's selling it to you about what you have at home and what you'd need to buy to yeah. optimize your experience. Um, if you have a hi-fi at home, there's a good chance that that player you decide to buy will be connectable with external speakers, which really will give you that boost because oftentimes you get speakers that have, sorry, players that have built-in speakers, but they're only little 5-watt, kind of tinny-sounded, but they're still good players and they're reliable, so you just need to get something to connect it to to really get a better experience for your sound in that, you know. It seems Jean-Luca would definitely need a turntable and some speakers and possibly an amplifier. Of course, we also asked his dad Luigi for some advice. First off, would he even recommend his son gets into vinyl? Absolutely. I would be disappointed if he doesn't. Okay. Because you will... Uh, first of all, you have a collection. You have something that you're proud of. It's yours. And then you, you actually... Um, th- there is nothing nicer when you sort of come home late from work or you're really tired. You put on your... Vinyl, listen to a bit of jazz or blues. I don't, you don't have to have it at full level all the time. But sit down, glass of wine, put the vinyl on, and just listen to it. Close your eyes, switch the lights off even, uh, close all the doors, lock the doors even so that your little kids don't run in and whatever. And it's there's nothing, I promise you, there's nothing better. I, I, I used to come home, um, sometimes not in a good state of mind, uh, lie on the couch, switch the lights off, and put on Pink Floyd's um, Dark Side of the Moon. My goodness. Oh, there's just. You just cannot. Ex- the experience. Like, they were way ahead of their time as, as a band. But, and the, the, the sound quality, the, the stereo, the, the way they mixed um, the effects, the sound effects. Absolutely mind blowing. So, yeah, do it. I really mean do it. And buy yourself some good kits. Spend money. <laughs> are, you, are you sponsoring? No. I've got to sponsor myself. <laughs> Jean-Luca went into research mode. By now, it was early December 2019. My budget is between 200 and maybe 300 euros, uh, more or less. Um, I feel like that's probably a reasonable amount to spend on a, a, a turntable. Following advice he'd received, one weekend he took the train from Waterford to Belfast to check out the hi-fi equipment at that branch of Richer Sounds. 
Okay, so I just got back from Richard Sounds now. Uh, the sales associate there wasn't comfortable going on mic, so I'll kind of summarize uh, more or less what he had to say. He, What he basically said is that he sees a lot of people making the mistake of buying uh, a cheap or going too cheap on the first turntable as a sort of beginner one, and when things go wrong or break, they kind of have to replace the whole thing. Uh, so altogether, you're looking about six hundred pounds to get a decent setup. Uh, moving up, then you, you, there's quite a big jump then from there uh, to the next sort of level. At this point in the recording, it was December 2019. We were coming up on the end of the semester at WIT, and I was keen to finish up the project. My hope was that we'd have enough material to produce a radio documentary, which we could tie into Record Store Day due for April 2020. Originally, our plan was to end the piece with John Luca either choosing to go ahead and buy a turntable or deciding this vinyl stuff wasn't for him. Instead, he went in a slightly different direction. Jean Luca was two and a half years into his degree and was due to start a paid internship with a software company in the new year. Most of the people that have given me recommendations or suggestions on what to do have suggested uh, buy once and buy right and not uh, kind of compromise on the gear um, and then have to replace it in two weeks or two months or whatever it is. Um, so that's that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, like, it, it is apparent that it is an expensive hobby to get into. Um, so if you're going to get into it, make sure you're doing it right and, and all that. So I think kind of the conclusion that I've come up to, I'm starting my work placement now in semester two and I will be earning some cash. So instead of kind of buying cheap now and having to replace things in a year's time and spend the same amount of money anyway, I think it'd probably be better to to wait just maybe two, three months and uh, buy things the right way, get things that I would in, be interested in getting and uh, and kind of not waste money. It's very patient and mature of you. <laughs> uh, it's, I guess, being a student and uh, yeah, just being aware of budget constraints, I guess. But uh, but then, like, uh, then I know what I will be getting is something that I, I want rather than something I'm like, okay, it's cool, but I compromise. And if I'd waited two months more, I could have got something better that I like the look of and like the sound of. I couldn't argue with John Lucas' logic. It made sense for him to wait and buy some decent gear rather than act impatiently and regret it a few months later. He'd done enough work with other assignments, so his academic marks were fine, in case you're worried. By this stage, our vinyl investigation had become a bit of a passion project for the three of us, and we all wanted to finish it out properly. Also, the last thing I wanted was Jean-Luca to waste his money. So, we agreed to pause the project and pick it up around March. That's March of 2020. Beat News! Gardaí are to increase patrols at supermarkets as shoppers continue to panic buy. Over 320 Garda students are being called up to the force to help deal with the coronavirus outbreak. 210 extra vehicles are also being hired and any officers due to retire in April will be offered the chance to stay on for at least another three months. Gardaí say they're also going to be restricting large gatherings. Commissioner Drew Harris says despite scenes of panic buying yesterday, they don't think that it'll turn to... Tonight I want to speak to you about the next stage of our national response to the coronavirus emergency. 
apart from the activities that I've listed, there should be no travel outside of two kilometres radius of your home for any reason. These are radical actions aimed at saving as many people's lives as possible in the days and weeks ahead. We're not prisoners of fate. We can influence what's going to happen to us next. There is no fate but what we make for ourselves. In March of 2020, and April, and May, a documentary about vinyl records wasn't the most urgent item on any of our agendas. So, we let it slide. In January of 2021, I found myself teaching an online module at WIT, with both Andrew and Jean-Luc in the class, now in the final semester of their final year. Due to coronavirus, all assessments would be project-based where possible. It seemed like a good idea to go back to that vinyl thing we'd started over a year beforehand. It also allowed us to explore something we previously didn't have time to investigate. Does vinyl actually sound better than streaming? Everyone says it does, but does it really? I set the lads a task of performing a sonic analysis of some songs, comparing the vinyl and Spotify versions. may not have noticed the difference between those two pieces of audio. Obviously, that's Dreams by the Cranberries. The first clip is the vinyl version, and the second is from Spotify. Without getting into the nitty-gritty of it, the recordings were made under controlled conditions and were pretty scientific for a home audio lab. I sent the recordings over to the lads for analysis, and we got together over Zoom to compare results. Uh, I was actually blown away by how different they actually were. I was, I was expecting something to be, uh, the results to be fairly similar. We did a visual analysis and then we used our ears to listen to it. And the Spotify, to use a, a descriptor, the, the stream diversion was just more in your face. Um, but yeah, I, I genuinely surprised by the, the results. We looked at three tracks in total. Dreams by the Cranberries, Michael Kiwanuka's You Ain't the Problem, and Wouldn't It Be Nice from the Beach Boys' legendary album Pet Sounds. Why those songs? Well, they span different years of pop music, and I happen to already own them on vinyl, so they were handy. We chose Spotify as the streaming source because it's the most popular platform. We performed a spectral analysis, which is a visual inspection of the audio waveform to see which sound frequencies were firing in each recording we noted some general observations. One, 
the high frequencies, just above 16,000 Hz, were completely absent on the Spotify versions. In musical terms, that's the air of the track. It's the high harmonic range of sounds, from something like a guitar or cymbals on the drums. These frequencies help to give character to an instrument. 2. The low-end bass frequencies were much more prevalent on the vinyl versions. This gives a deeper, richer and fuller sound. And 3. The Spotify versions had a much narrower dynamic range. That is to say the gap between the quietest bits and the loudest bits wasn't as wide as the vinyl version. This means the music was compressed and around the same volume level all the way through. Of course, if you were just listening to the Spotify version, would you notice? Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like you, you're listening to them side by side, so you can kind of pick that out. Yeah. You probably wouldn't notice it otherwise. With Dreams, we all detected a difference in the drum sound. Listen to this. The first version is vinyl. The second is Spotify. Let's listen to those again. Remember, the first is vinyl and the second is Spotify. Yeah, I think the, the biggest one for me was definitely the snare on this one. It kind of sound more crushed, more, um, yeah, for lack of a better word. It just, there's, there's something about that that stuck out the most. Now, you're probably listening to this documentary either on FM radio or as a podcast, which both process the audio further. You may be listening on a high-end system or from the tinny speakers on your phone. If you don't hear the difference between those two versions of Dreams, I have to ask you to please trust me that it's there. Here's Michael Kiwanuka's You Ain't The Problem from his album which won the Mercury Music Prize in 2020. The vinyl version is first. didn't think that this would have as much of a difference because it's a modern record you know it's gone through modern production techniques and you know being produced in 2020 as opposed to you know 1990 or, or previous I was blown away by the difference here what, what did you pick up from this one John Lucas? I would say this is the song that had the biggest difference out of all of them from from listening to the the, the tests that you sent over um, it was surprising because you can look at the the vinyl recording and it still seems compressed to some extent, but it's just the, the difference was night and day. Um, the, it, the 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 Spotify version was again to use the term it was very in your face. Um, the stuff that would have fallen to the background in the vinyl was much like much further in the foreground in, in the mix. Um, it was just overall everything. I think the the drums and the percussion sounded a bit more intense too. Um, there was just so much there. Um, it just felt like there was less 
breathing room in the in the Spotify mix. We won't get into details about the Beach Boys track, but take it from me that there was a noticeable difference in sound. It just there was something pleasant about the vinyl. Um, it had that nice, uh, more airy feel, more open um, feel to it, and it, it was just more pleasant. I'd say. Yeah, I'm going to slightly disagree with you and yeah. say that I. I I'm not necessarily going to make a value judgment as to which one sounds better because that's, that's all. Yeah, no, from a quality, from a quality, I would agree with you there. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, just from a, I guess from a listening perspective, yeah. you probably won't be as tired afterwards. So yeah. It's not as, yeah. That. So, so what I would say is that they do sound different yeah. and we can see that they sound different. I know yeah. that that sounds so weird. You can see that they sound different, but we can actually, you're not just judging your ears. I can hear the difference, but I can also see the difference. It's not imagined. It's not some sort of a, a, a you know, psychological bias at play. There is actually a difference there. Our test supported the hypothesis that vinyl sounds different to streamed audio. Whether it's better is a subjective judgment and one I'm reluctant to make. For most people, it doesn't matter. But for some, the extra depth and wider sonic range of vinyl makes a huge contribution to their enjoyment of music. We started this in 2019. A few music nerds having a bit of fun exploring the vinyl format. The journey took a major unexpected turn along the way. But let's go back to the original premise. Gianluca wants a record player. Did he get one? So, um... In the end, I decided to uh, pull the trigger and I got the uh, record player and I got some speakers and um, I got an old um, an old amp from um, from Andrew that he had uh, kicking about. Um, the idea there was I spent a little bit more on the turntable and the speakers and I could always upgrade the, the amp at a later stage. Um, uh, I've got a couple of records now. Um, Bit of a mix, uh, Bonnie Ver, uh, local natives, and then uh, a record from the weekend. Been quite happy with that. Um, I really, really enjoyed the sound, enjoyed the experience. It's nice to just kick back. Um, um, yeah, so overall, really, really happy with the, the setup. Um, and just on a, a side note, it's actually um, decided to get, well, it was my dad's 60th this, this year, and we ended up buying him the same turntable. Um, my dad seems pretty chuffed. We got him a Jimi Hendrix album as his first album. In the end, what did we learn? Well, let's revisit the original questions. What's so appealing about vinyl? Well, the records are tangible and the artwork is more attractive to the eye as well as the audio sounding warmer. Listeners make more active choices in the music they play, hence the extra value they place on physical product. Who's listening to the format? Well, a lot of men of a certain age. But among younger listeners, the gender split is more evenly balanced. However, vinyl is still only a small part of the revenue mix in the overall music industry. Does it really sound better than music streaming services? It certainly sounds different. To me, vinyl does sound better, but you'll have to make up your own mind. 
I can tell you that every single person we met along the way had huge enthusiasm for the format, and I've yet to meet anyone who speaks passionately about music encoded into ones and zeros on a computer. What gear should Jean-Luca buy, or should he make a purchase at all? Well, yes, he did make a purchase, but I'm reluctant to recommend any specific kit because it depends on what you already have and what might fit in with your home. For the record, Jean-Luc bought a Riga planner deck and a set of Dali Spectre 2 bookshelf speakers. My advice if you're thinking of getting into vinyl, go and speak with your local hi-fi specialist and test out some kit. Personally, I learned a lot about a family who've now made Ireland their home and I suspect there are many more stories there. The music you can hear underneath is called From a Sweater Poorly Knit from the album Brother Sister by a band from Philadelphia named Me Without You. They're a group Gianluca and his brother Silvano used to enjoy a lot when they were younger. Brother Sister is Silvano's favourite album of all time. Silvano now lives and works in Cork, whereas Gianluca is based in Waterford. As you can imagine, they haven't seen each other in a while. Gianluca couldn't find the album anywhere in Ireland, so he imported it from the States. But he bought two copies. Jean-Luc is holding onto one for Silvano so that he can give it to him in person and they can enjoy listening to the record together. Does this mean you should buy a record player? I honestly can't say. It worked out well for me, worked out well for Jean-Luc. Maybe it would for you, maybe it wouldn't. Tell you what though, the fact that Jean-Luc is holding onto an album to give to his brother is hopeful. It's sweet. It means he's looking forward to a time where they can be physically present and enjoy some music together. Before we started this project, I'd never heard of the band Me Without You. But now, I think I might have to buy a copy of their album Brother Sister too. Jean-Luca Wants a Record Player was written, recorded, edited and mixed by Andrew Brennan, Jean-Luca Zuccarelli and Rob O'Connor. <laughs>